we welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor, challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. I just want to share a few words with you. Is that okay? The gospel is not just meant to save you. We all agree. There's more to the gospel than it just being able to save you. Okay. Can we look at Romans 16, 25? Um, We'll just read through to 27 for context, but my focus will be on 25. Romans 16. Can I have it in the message, please? Romans 16, 25. All of our praises rises to the one who is strong. Enough to make you strong exactly as preached in Jesus Christ. Precisely as revealed in the mystery kept secret for so long. Yeah. But now an open book through the prophetic scripture. All the nations of the world can now know the truth, and be brought into obedience, believe, yeah? Carrying out the orders of God who got all this started down to the very last letter. All our praises, all our praises focused through Jesus on this incomparable wise God, yes. Can I have it in the New King James, just verse 25, Romans 16, 25, please. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. So the gospel doesn't just save us. The gospel establishes us. Yes? That's what is right there. We are not just saved by the gospel. We are established by the gospel. The error with... um, understanding the gospel today comes from a lack of knowledge, epignosis, a lack of revelation of the true meaning of the gospel. Because believers today, we're made to feel like the gospel is just what brings us into Christ. So we confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart, and then we are saved. That's the part of the gospel done. But we know in this house from the series of understanding the gospel that there's more to the gospel than it just saving you. Yes? Am I making sense so far? So there's more to the gospel than it just saving you, than you just being born again and coming into Christ. So then when you come into Christ then you now have to figure out the rest by yourself. That's not how the gospel works. The gospel is good news. The gospel is a complete package. Like we've learned and we understand from this house. The the good news of God is a complete package. Yes? As purchased, enacted, and perfected in Christ. Thank you. So it is a complete package. Nothing more needs to be added to it. Nothing can be taken 
out of it. So Christ is the one who came to die for us. Our redemption was a very expensive one. And he did the purchase alone by himself with no help from anybody. He did it all alone. And then it was enacted through him. Isaiah says, he was bruised for our transgressions. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. So everything, our salvation process is all on Christ. And it was perfected. It was complete in him. He was on the cross and he shouted, it is complete. Nothing needs to be added. Nothing needs to be taken away. So why then are believers made to feel like there is more than just the gospel? Why then are we made to feel like we need to give more? We need to, because like I said, it's a complete package. Soteria, like we've been learning. Everything is in it. Soteria, there's help. Name it, there's There's deliverance, there's healing, there's restoration, there's everything, everything you need. It's a complete package. So anyone that makes you feel like you need more after you have received the gospel, run away from them. They are trying to deceive you. The gospel is complete. It's perfect. You don't need to add anything to it. He who has saved you, he's able to preserve you. He's able to sustain you. He's able to make a way for you. He's able to deliver you. He's able to keep you until, Jude 24 says, he's able to keep you until the perfect day. Nothing else is needed. Do not be deceived. Let nothing deceive you. Let nothing distract you. Just as you have done nothing to earn your salvation. Just as you have done nothing to receive salvation. Just as you have done nothing. So we go out there. We we preach to people. They get saved. We bring them in. And then they come in. And then they are made to feel like now they need to work out their salvation. So they start joining departments, they start giving unnecessarily, being bullied into giving, yes, yes, and they make them feel like it is what you do that will keep you. I thought he's able to preserve us, so why then do I have to add to it to sustain myself? Why then do I have to do more? To keep myself. I wrote here that believers need the gospel as much as unbelievers. It is not just unbelievers that need the gospel. Because after you have been saved and you have been, you have believed, you've come in. You need the gospel to keep going. It's like a child and you're born and you're being fed baby food. And then you start eating small strong food. And then you feel, okay, I don't need food anymore. I'm now grown enough to keep myself. The word of God, he said he's given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. It is here. As a young person, 
what you need to keep yourself, it's here. As a teenager, what you need to sustain yourself is here. As an adult, what you need to keep yourself is here. There is nothing more that you need. The gospel is what brings you in. The gospel is what preserves you. The gospel is what sustains you. The gospel is what you turn to when you feel like you have lost your way. It is the same gospel, nothing else. The gospel is all you need. Let's see Galatians 1, 6 to 9, please. I marvel, this is Paul speaking to the Galatians and their believers, yeah? This was Paul speaking to the church. This was not being referred to to unbelievers, believers, right? So I marvel that you're turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. So the trickery did not start today. The deceit did not start today. The deceit of trying to bring people in with the gospel and trying to sustain them with something else, it did not begin today. It started way before us. Yes? Let's go on. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what you have preached to you, let him be. I didn't say that is in the word. As we have said before, and now Paul is emphasizing it because he knows that this is a big problem in the church. Yeah, he's emphasizing, re-emphasizing it. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. So anybody that wants to preach something different from this gospel that wants to tell you that, okay, now you have been saved, you have been bought with the precious blood, but now you need to work out your salvation because we cannot work out our salvation. Even the working out is a grace of God. Even the, our faith is a gift from God. It is not, we did not call ourselves. No one can come to God unless God pulls you to him. So even our being saved was not of our own power. So why then do we think that we can preserve ourselves? Why then do we think now that we have received Christ, we are able to keep ourselves? Have you thought about that? Why then do we feel like we can do something to sustain us? We can do something to hold on to our salvation. God gave you the salvation, which is a free gift. We know salvation is a free gift. It was nothing we did. It was nothing we can ever do. It was a free gift that was given to us. So not continuing in the gospel that you have heard and trying to hold on to something else. That's the beginning of a very great downfall because you cannot sustain yourself outside the gospel. So we need the gospel. We need to stay with the gospel so that we can be stayed by the gospel. Can you look at someone and say, stay with the gospel so that you can be stayed by the gospel. Turn to another person and say, stay with the gospel. Open your eyes. Tell them, say, stay. 
with the gospel so that you can be stayed by the gospel. So yes, people are struggling with the understanding that we have, we have salvation is a free gift, is a good news, right? Is a good news. It wasn't anything you did. Zacchaeus was on the tree. He was just there. All he wanted to do was see Jesus. He did not think he would ever have the opportunity or that he was qualified enough to even speak to Jesus. He climbed up on a tree and said, if I can only see him. But Jesus turned to him and said, Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to you. What did he do to deserve it? He was just there. We know now all that salvation contains. And Jesus said to him, salvation has come to you. Salvation, what encompasses salvation? Healing. Everything has come to him. He did not even say, Lord, I confess as they make you confess, believers, oh, you come out, I believe, I con- or how do they say the prayer? I, I've even forgotten how they say the prayer. <laughs> I, yeah, I chose you to be my Lord and personal savior. <laughs> he did not say that. Jesus turned to him and gave it to him for free. For free. Without him asking. Without him deserving. Because he wasn't looking to even get that. But he got much more than he bargained. Much more than he thought he could get. So sons of God. Sons of God. You are blessed. Because you have the blessing. And the blessing of God makes rich. The blessing of God, he has given it to you. The blessing is who? Christ makes rich. He does not come with sorrow. He does not come with, I need to do this for myself. He does not come with, I need to figure out a way to preserve myself. I need to figure out a way. He comes with everything you already need packaged in him delivered to you freely nothing you did nothing you deserved it was a free gift of God a free gift so don't let anybody corner you and sell you salvation you have something you've received for free then somebody wants to sell you the additions you have received and what you have received nothing no one can take back from you because even Christ cannot take it back from you so who then born Where them from come? Who give them permission? Because Christ has not. Christ did not. 
And that brings me to my next point. Even when you feel like you have fallen from grace, even when you feel like you have or you are backsliding, it is the Lord who prays. Let's look at um, Romans 14. Yes, Romans 14, 4. In NLT, who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Paul was not, that was not a question. It was a rhetorical question. He was asking like, who be you? That's the attitude. Who, who you be? To condemn someone else's servant. Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help. And with the Lord's help. They will stand and receive his approval. Let no one deceive you. Our salvation is in stages where we are work in progress. We have been saved. Yes? Christ has paid the price. We have been saved. We are being saved. So even when it is the righteous that falls... It is not the, it is the righteous, the righteous, the justified that falls. So even when you fall, Christ is seated at the right hand of the father saying, Lord, I have paid for that. So you are being saved. You, as you look into him, as you are beholding, you are becoming. It is a gradual process. And then you shall be saved on the day of glory. Then you shall then be like him. So let no one deceive you that you have fallen and you are beyond redemption. You are not beyond redemption. Even God cannot condemn you. God, Jesus Christ himself cannot, con- like Pavel say, for him to condemn you, he has to be unborn, undie, unresurrected, for him to, con- he has paid the price and the price is paid in full. You are justified. You are glorified. There is nothing that can take that away from you. Not even God, even if he tried. You are saved. Your salvation is complete. Your salvation needs nothing more added to it. So, sons of God, I encourage you today. Stay with this gospel. So you can be stayed by. It is only the gospel that you can be stayed by. Stay with this gospel. Let nothing deceive you. Take, do not take your eyes away from the prize, looking unto Jesus. And as you continue to look unto him, you shall continue to be like him. So that as he is, so you will be also. Are you blessed this evening? Are you blessed this evening? Put your hands together if you know you're blessed. Give the Lord some praise in the house. Give Jesus a shout. Thank him for the gift of salvation. Thank him for the gift of the gospel. That nothing you did that deserved it. Give him praise. Open your mouth now and begin to thank him. Just thank him. 
thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the complete package that you have given unto us, O oh God. It is nothing that we could have ever worked for. It is nothing that we could have ever earned. But by your love, because of your love, because you love us, uh, because of your love, your everlasting love, uh, the love of God, uh, the love of God, uh, we have come into a great place. Uh, we are in a great place. Uh, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you, Jesus, for the gospel. So it's important as a student of the word to be able to systematically take through whatever subject matter we're dealing with. That's why I'm not in a hurry to teach. Does that make sense? So by now you know, it's clear, your salvation is forever. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they feel. It doesn't matter what you feel. God cannot give you a gift that is different from his nature. He cannot. God cannot give you a gift that is different from his nature. So if he's love, he gives you a love gift. And that love chases you down till the ends of the earth. Because the love is his nature. So God does not just love, God is love. And therefore, he loves as a verb because he is love as a person. Does that make sense? God is not just holy. Holiness is an attribute of God. So when you come into Christ, you come into holiness. God cannot give you what he doesn't have. God cannot give you anything that is different to him. So if he's eternal, if he gives you a gift, that gift is eternal. As long as God lives, what he gives you lives. That's why you see those guys that will come out in the Old Testament and they will stand boldly and declare, as surely as the Lord lives. They are not saying that, well, this thing lasts for the time length of God. As surely as the Lord lives means, I know that God lives forever. So what I'm declaring now is held by forever. Does that make sense? So they declare, as surely, like when Elijah came up and said, as surely as the Lord lives, there shall be no rain or dew. In Israel, except at my word, not at the word of the Lord. <laughs> and it was so. Of course, we, tell, we see later on that he prayed and fasted earnestly that it would not rain. It wasn't just that display of there shall be no rain. But when he said, as surely as the Lord lives, convinced that because God lives, there will be no rain. The only way for there to be rain, apart from Elijah's word, is for God to stop living. Do you understand? The only way there can be rain that Elijah did not permit is for God to stop living or to faint, maybe. But but as surely as the Lord lives, this word is bond. If that eternal God now says, I give unto you eternal life. Eternal. And then you in your 40, 50, 60, 70 years of life, that is nothing but a vapor in his sight, can do anything to truncate eternal life, then it was not eternal in the first place. And if your God is that kind of God that you, what you do in your timeline can mess up what he did in eternity before you showed up, good luck to you. I wish you the very best in your pursuit of that God. Because if he's eternal, it means nothing can thwart his existence. 
Nothing can truncate his existence. Nothing can alter his existence. Nothing can pervert his existence. So when God, who is eternal, gives you something eternal, that thing cannot be truncated. That thing cannot be perverted. That thing cannot be messed up. That thing is of the same quality as he who gives it. Does that make sense? Imagine the phone that Steve Jobs produced for himself going bad. Imagine there's a bug on an iPhone, the particular iPhone that Steve Jobs is using. Imagine that Mark Zuckerberg cannot get into his own Facebook account. Somebody hacked Mark Zuckerberg's not Yahoo account, not Gmail account, because then we have a different kind of conversation. Not his, his Snapchat account. Somebody hacked into Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook account and took it over. And he's posting things that like Paul, what your eyes see, your mouth cannot utter. And he's posting things really nearly as Mark Zuckerberg and Mark Zuckerberg cannot do anything about it. Mark Zuckerberg has to now explain to his board in the next board meeting that I'm sorry I lost control of my Facebook account because somebody hacked it and I cannot find the bug. I've gone in the back end. I've, I've checked the coding. I've checked the programming and I don't have any control over it. Facebook shares will crash that day. That's the end of Facebook as a multi-billion dollar company. Jeff Bezos can't get into his Amazon wish list to monitor the things that he's keeping an eye on because somebody hacked into his account. Julius Asange can't get into WikiLeaks anymore because he's losing his touch. And these are all human, natural, finite, mortal elements. Do you know how many cars they smash when they're building cars to test the metal, test the durability, test the airbags, test the brake response? And when they come out and say, well, this car is done, it's done. When it's a fault, they take responsibility for it. They recall the vehicle at no extra cost and they fix it at no extra cost and they even provide something you can use in the interim to make up for your inconvenience. If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father? So God will sit down by himself, manufacture salvation that you didn't know you needed. Sit down, manufacture redemption you didn't know you needed sits down, conceives the idea, understands that a time will come in time that there will be a problem. The problem isn't yet, but here is the solution to the problem ahead of the problem manifesting. He checks out every single bug in the journey. He he provides the antidotes to all the bugs, tests them out, gets a perfect prototype, and his name is Jesus, sends him out and says, everything and everyone you produce after your kind is as perfect as you are. And then you are released. And that's some stupid devil. Some stupid sin, some stupid fornication, some stupid addiction, some stupid something that is outside and less than what was manufactured. Now comes and takes over what God created and perverts it and spoils it and hacks it such that God has to admit, I'm afraid I have lost control over this one. I'm afraid, I'm afraid I, I, I can't log in to Mercy Igris anymore. I, I, I'm afraid the, the, the hard drive for Santos is corrupted by the devil, by sin, by Satan, by death, by peril, by sword, by tribulation, by, by things present and things to come. One of those things that Paul mentioned in Romans 8 has been able to hack into 
a salvation that I enacted myself and I, God, am have to be forced to admit that there is nothing I can do about it. So I have to move to plan B because unfortunately uh, what I did with Jesus is corrupted. What I did on the cross is suddenly not enough anymore. A bug has been fashioned that, that, that outperforms the benchmarks of the cross. A hackster has, has been trained that can now hack into my salvation and mess it up such that he who is the author of it has no control over it anymore. So God is seeing the game on, on the screen and the game is on, but God's joystick is not working anymore. His controller ain't working anymore. There's no connection between God's controller and the game that he designed. Game that he offered, game that he orchestrated, game that he conceptualized. If you can't convince me of these human realities, you can't convince me that my salvation is losable. So it's a, it's a question that was answered before it was asked. I can't, I, I'm not doubting it. I'm not doubting it. If that's the case, and then he comes and trumpet sounds, and I'm not going. I'm not interested. Oh, Antichrist, Mark of the Beast. I don't, I'm not interested. Send me to hell. The hell is not forever anyway. Yes. I will just evaporate and cease to exist. Keep your throne. Keep your heaven. I ain't interested. Did I tell you to save me? Did I know what saving was? I was, I was all right. I was okay. And you came and you figured out that, no, this person is lost. This person is my enemy. I didn't know what enemy meant. This person is estranged from me. I didn't know what you're talking about. You saw the problem. Before the problem manifested, designed the solution. Put every step in place. You put the tree where you know the tree will go. You knew the tree that I will eat, even though you told me to eat this other tree. And then you know what will happen when I eat the tree you told me to not eat, that you knew I will eat, and that's why you put it there. And then you now save me and bring me into the issue. I now come inside, and you now leave me to now perform by myself. God punish you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. That God, God punished that God. What's that? What's that? It ain't got nothing to do with me. So don't put the onus, the onus does not lie with me. Yes, sir. Doesn't. I didn't initiate it. I didn't ask for it. I didn't sign up for it. You went ahead and did everything. You now came and appeared to all men. You say, I now believe. I then believed. You now now left me after believing. So it's a question that was answered before it was asked. If you have salvation, if you have it, if you have it, if you have it, you can't lose it. If you have it, you can't lose it. The man of God has been following our live stream since the few weeks that we started. And this afternoon, he breezed into the hub and we talked and he was like, wow, it's so refreshing to hear somebody preaching the gospel. He said, I've been called an antichrist for preaching the gospel. And it's so funny. I used to, be, I used to sit down and cry those days. But now I'm so tough. You call me an antichrist for preaching what, what Christ did is finished. It is finished. It is finished. It, I'm a proof. I'm a living proof. 
Because he went for me. Jesus went and did it just for me. So it's, it's a question that, my friend, it's rhetorical. I'm saved. I'm saved. Call it whatever you want to call it. I hate those stupid babyish names. One saved, forever saved. One saved, always saved. Hyper grace, mega grace. If you understand grace, you will understand that the word hyper is too small. Ah, look for another word though. Hyper is too small. God commended his love towards us in this manner. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died. For the ungodly. People who were not just without God. People who were against God. Who were enemies of God. If we were not enemies of God. We would not have needed reconciliation. It's enemies that reconcile. There's enmity. That then requires reconciliation. So now they've come into. Reconciliation. There's no record of whatever. Crimes. These guys, stay with me, stay with me. No record of any crimes that these guys committed in the creeks. Forgiven. Daylight afternoon robbery. Forgiven. Or at least forgotten. Kidnappings and oil bunkering. Forgiven. Prove it. Come into my cabinet. And somebody who does not have light can do that and nothing spoil. And then God. God. Light, 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 light. Light, light. God that brought light to shine. has shown the light. God who is light is now the one that will be beefing me. Because I did something now that just looks a little bit like who I used to be. Mm-mm. I am saved. If your own salvation is not eternal, keep walking. Because clearly there are two kinds of salvation. Just like there are two kinds of gospel. The news is one salvation is not salvation. Just like one of the two gospels is not the gospel. And from scripture, which one is the gospel and which one is not? Which one is salvation and which one is not? So if yours can be lost, keep walking. Because if your, if your salvation can be lost, you do not need to be saved. There's no point. Because anyhow you try, you will lose it. Even when you do not know that it has been lost. You lost it. I ask why would you be praying for that sins knowing and unknowing? It's fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So you try to reach anywhere. It's like trying to wash clothes in the dark. You just keep turning it because somehow, after you have turned, 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 you are hopeful that you have touched every part of the cloth. You can't quite see, or you are sweeping, you are measuring. You know, you know, you, 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 how many of you went to a boarding school? You sleep in the dark. You, 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 that quarter angle of your hostel. You know that from the back to the front is 93 steps forward, 8 steps sideways. 
Oh, what generation is this? The current goal of your hostel, you know this rooms around the current goal. You go, you know that you will go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, like this, and then you're going 93 or 87 steps from the front to the back. You can sweep your corango with your eyes blindfolded, and you will not miss an inch because what the seniors will do to you in the name of Jesus, because me, I went to missionary school. Everything was done in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything was done in Jesus' name. You will be blindfolded. You will sweep that thing blindfolded in five minutes. You know how far. You, you know how to wash clothes for yourself and how to wash clothes for a senior. It's different. It's different. Because once he grabs it and lifts up the collar and checks that line and then folds off the cuff and checks the thread here. He doesn't check the shirt. He's not interested in because he's not, he's not, he didn't give you the shirt for you to make it clean. He gave you the shirt for you to give him an opportunity to kill you for getting it wrong. And that is what the Lord does. It's not given to you to make you righteous. No. If he wants his shirt clean, he might as well wash the damn shirt himself. Since you are so good, you know how well to wash a shirt. Why give it to me who is a fox? Just one students were called foxes in my boarding school. Why give it to a fox to wash? I'm just coming in. I don't know how. I do not know how to wash as I ought. Hmm? Is that not so? So the senior students should give my washing utterance. So if you want to clean, wash it. So you collect the shirt and then you flip it over and you're not checking the, you're checking the edge of the cuff here. And then you see one of these ridges, you know? One, one just one. Looking brownish. Brother, beige, you are dead. Beige. Cut on color, you are dead. You're dead. So you spend 30 minutes washing your senior shirt. 25 of those minutes, you're washing collar and cuffs and armpits. You will call everybody passing. Say, please, don't, don't worry. Help me. Oh. Oh. Please help me check. How am I doing? Just like you, everything you do in church, you're waiting for validation. Yeah. Everything you do for validation, you're waiting for approval. Pastor, how am I doing? How are we doing? How was it? Was it all right? What, what can I do better? How can, no, nobody's telling you to not improve, but if you're doing it like that, you're stuck in works. So every scene, knowing and unknowing, conscious and unconscious of the deeds, of the thoughts, of the speech. Omission of commission, of, of sin, of lust of the flesh. It's because somehow, somehow you will be able to touch all the sins, whether you can see them or not. But this word of God divides bone and marrow. Think about it. In scripture, there is no different sin between spirit and soul. 
until the word comes into play. The word can skin out your soul from your spirit. The word can tear the bone open and lift out the marrow whole. So it doesn't matter how much you think you washed yourself. Your sin will find you out. So you think God is stupid when he says if you regard iniquity, who can stand? Where, which sin wants to hide? Or which sin wants to be taken care of simply because you confessed it? You're deceiving yourself. You confessed it, so you are convinced because you confessed it. God cannot find any sin in you. The God that scatters spirit and soul. The God that scatters bone and marrow. So the more you think you have, the more they point out you lack. That's the job of the Lord. That's what the Lord does. The more you convince yourself you are faultless, the more the Lord tells you, ah, no, you missed something here. You missed something there. How about there? So you can think you've checked all the boxes. You have ticked all the boxes. You have everything that God requires. Sorry. Everything God requires that according to your estimation is nonsense. There's only one thing God is doing business with. Christ. Nothing else. Christ, you have him or you don't. If you don't have him, everything you're doing is filthy rags. You will be nicked. It's a British term for arrested. (laughs) You'll be nicked. No matter how hard you try, no matter how pious you think you are, there will always be something. That's what the Lord does. Thank God for grace. So you understand why this grace is so attacked? Because it's, it changes the game entirely. Entirely. So I'm driving in my car. I have a government house. Let's use, I have a presidency number plate on my car. I have a Nigerian flag rolling at the top. It's all black. I have two dispatch riders in front with MPF number plates on their bikes. Quad bikes or motorbikes. And now get to a checkpoint. You now stop me. And tell me to own my inner lights. Why now I want to see who is the person in the back? Please sir, can you identify yourself? Because that's how people are passing around, passing around, passing around, just for me, for me, for me. That's how I'm robbers. Just be passing because you have tinted, sir. I can't take this. Please identify yourself. Can you picture the remoteless possibility of that happening? When grace is traveling, the law or officers of it thereof have no right to stop it to ask anything even if what they are asking is legal. Are the guys at the checkpoint doing their job? Yes. Can they stop somebody who is riding on a higher power than the law? No. See why they call it hyper grace? 
Because when I enter that vehicle and I start to drive, my eyes are set like a flint, looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of my faith. All the law can do at this point. The law can't ask no questions. The law can't ask for my credentials. The law can't ask me how I'm performing. The law can't ask me by what means I'm performing. The law cannot ask me to identify how I am performing. The law identifies a higher power and says go. That's grace. Tell your neighbor, ride it. You don't stop for no checkpoint. The law can check all at once. How many of you ever, I don't know why I'm teaching in pictures tonight, but I, I, I feel it's for somebody in this room tonight. Once you are in grace, you are driving. Even when your tail light is faulty, you were driving, you did not know, and one of your headlights is dead. Because the vehicle you are driving is not such that can be detained, stopped, arrested, or harassed. If the controller general of this force does not fault you, nobody can. Nobody can. You're driving. And everybody can see that there's something wrong with your car. But by the insignia, the inscription on your car, nobody can touch it. Somebody say grace. Grace. Then you understand why the gospel brings you into rest. Because once you enter and start driving, that's it. No checkpoint, no brake, no roundabout, no traffic light, no traffic jam. That's what grace does to you. Bold access. Bold access. Bold access. Just go right in and take what's yours. Hebrews 4, is it 12? Put it up on the message. You see how the message puts it. God means what he says. What he says goes, keep going. It's powerful word, it's sharp as a sergeant's scalpel. Cutting, we're going to all the way to 14. Through everything, whether doubt or defense. Laying us open to listening and obey. Keep going. Nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. We can't get away from it no matter what. 14. Now we know what we have. Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, let's not let it slip through our fingers. Keep going. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing and experienced it all, all but the sin. What? Keep going. So let's walk right up to him and get what he's ready to give. Take the mercy. Accept the help. That's how the message puts, let us come boldly before the throne of grace. Let's see how the NLT puts it and then the amplifier. Let's open it up. So let's come boldly before the throne of our gracious God. There we'll receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Amplified. Therefore, let us with privilege 
approach the throne of grace. That is, the throne of God's gracious favor. How do we come? With confidence and without fear. So that we may receive mercy for our failures. And find his amazing grace to help in time of need. An appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. So you messed up. Yeah? You failed. And you're going to the one person. Oh my God. Before whom nobody with a goof should appear. You are messed up. You are all stained and dirty. And the one person who defines clean, who cannot stand dirt, says, come. He didn't say, come begging. Come crawling and crying. Come forming prideful humility. Let me tell you what prideful humility is. Father, I am not worthy to come before your presence. That's prideful humility. Humility disguised as pride. That is more potent than pride that is pride. And he who is the standard of right says to you when you are wrong, come boldly. As you are driving in this vehicle of grace. There's checkpoints called condemnation. Next checkpoint, guilt. An even stronger checkpoint, consequence. Popular opinion. Pastor's opinion, sir. No vehicle, no missionary can stop a son of God riding in grace. And once you can get to the throne, help is waiting. Because it turns out by the time you appear before him, you are worthy to see him. By the time you get there, you can see him. And, and he can see you because the you that began the journey is not the you that is in his presence. You're clean. Because as soon as you are getting there and you are standing before his presence, the interface is Christ. So, so you're not, you know, daddy, I, I'm sorry, I, 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 I sinned, I, 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 I did wrong, you know, count me as one of the servants. And, and your father is looking at you like, what the hell are you talking about? Woo! Dress him up, but give him a ring, kill the fattened calf, bring burner boy to play, bring Zlatan, you know, bring Rema, you know. Bring them all. Let them jam away. Start a party. 
Because I don't know who you're talking about. I've been waiting for you to come back home. I've been, I've been waiting. And I, it is deliberately that I didn't say bring Travis Green. Or bring yes. 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 I can hear some of you in your minds trying to correct me. Pastor, no, you meant no, 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 no. I know what I'm saying. 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 Oh, bring Panapasipo, bring Ebenezer Obey, Choma Jesus. Mercy Chingo. Scripture didn't say that. Listen, the party was not praise and worship concert. It was not a praise and worship concert. It was a serious bedu. Serious. Serious bedu. Serious. King Wasua Yinde Masha Kwan Pasuma Wanda. All of them. It was serious bedouin. It was not a joke. It was not praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. My picking has returned. No. The father was like, dude, I have no clue what you're saying. Every, we have no record of how long and how agonizing that wait was. But scripture says, that the father lifted up his eyes from afar and saw him. Look, 15. That means the father's eyes never left the road. The father wheeled his son back more than the son desired to come. That's grace. Drew him back. No checkpoints in the way. Nothing stopping him. It's like, Dad, I did this. I did. God does not need confession of sin. Oh, listen, you are talking to your father. Talk to him. Not, no problem. Yeah. Tell him how you met me. I used to tell him more. Yeah, but, but Lord, I goofed up. <laughs> and I, and I, I went there. You said I shouldn't go. I, I did that. You said I shouldn't have done. <laughs> I messed up. But isn't your love just amazing? I, t- I talked to him. He's, he's, a, he's a person. He's my daddy. My daddy loves me. The way some of you come and tell me when you have done stuff wrong. It's the same way I go and tell him when I've done stuff wrong. I'm not telling him as though stuff I did wrong threw me away from him. I just came home after a long day and I'm telling my pops how terrible my day went. And sometimes he will actually laugh at me. Sometimes he has told me, you know what, good, good for you. God hasn't told you before. Uh, Wait. Good for she, she, we, she, we have learned that lesson now. I show you the lesson Genesis, you didn't see Romans, you didn't see Path preached, you didn't see. She, we have learned it now. And you're like, Yes, Lord, I've learned it. And, and, and right there, you feel his love envelop you in the midst of how stinking you appear because he doesn't, he just looks at you and he just sees his baby because the blood speaks, the blood never stops speaking. I cannot be estranged from God. I 
cannot. I cannot fall into enmity with God anymore. No. It is only this, this, this salvation journey is a one-way journey. You go from enmity into reconciliation. That's it. It's not a two-lane traffic. It's not a two-lane traffic. Did anybody get what I just said? It's not a two-lane traffic. The only journey to travel is from enmity into reconciliation and reconciliation and reconciliation. It's one way. There's no U-turns. There's no end of the road. There's no missing the road. He de- he, that's why he's called a way maker. He designs the way. He makes the way. You are traveling. Who, who is the way now in the first place? So how can you miss the way? Because be, before he made other things clear, he made it clear, I am the way. And, and that way will bring you to a door. I am the door. And, and that door will be the house. I am the house. In that house, there's room for you. And when you come into that house, well, here's what you get. Life. I am the life. And before you get on the way, you cannot come and say, my father draws you. So, I am the draw. My father draws you. And you cannot come to the father except through me. So, I am the access into the way. I am the door the way leads to. I'm the house the door opens into. And I'm the life the house calls you into. It's him. It's all him. So, this one way, no, no. There's no turning to the left or to the right. If you could turn away from left or right, you are not on the way. But the way is him. And once we step on the highway of grace, all we get is salutes along all its checkpoints. Nobody can stop us. We have diplomatic immunity. The law will be there angry. That's what's happening to you now. If you check the works of the law around you are so mad. Check. The proponents of works around you are so pissed. How can you have rest that we don't have? That's the beef in case you don't know. How can you say Christianity is chilling? It's being at peace, being at rest, being delivered, being saved. Just like that. No. So that's all grace does. It highlights and upsets the law. Shows the inadequacy of the law to make you right before God. And that's why we are enjoined, we are admonished, we are adjured to keep our ears inclined to the gospel. It's what sustains you. Keep your ears inclined to it. Remind yourself of it. Philippians 3 and verse 1. I think and verse 2. I'm probably close here. I don't know what the time is. Oh, okay. We're good actually. Philippians 3 and 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me, Paul says, to write the same things to you is not tedious. But for you, we safe. Put the message. Verse 1. Three and one. And that's about it, friends. Be glad in God. 
I don't mind repeating what I have written in earlier letters. And I hope you don't mind. So I ain't going to take no chance that all my people, they have heard the gospel. Paul didn't take that chance. Me, Pav, cannot. I, I promised you, I said I would teach you the gospel until it comes out of your nose. Do you remember when I told you that? I will teach it, teach you, wake up. You just wake up. <laughs> gospel. Because you see, that's how religion came. It didn't, it didn't come overnight. This manipulation and hypnotism didn't come overnight. That's why it's taking this much effort to uproot his ugly head. And so we are not going for the roots. We're not going for the fruits. We're not going for the, we are going for the roots. The stump must come off. And it takes time. The axe is laid to the root of the tree. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. This religious devil is coming down. It took decades. It took centuries to build. This nonsense we're tearing down. It took a long time to build. It took indoctrination. Hours and hours spent being fed this crap. Some of our parents are still stalking. Took years. So you want to tell me that all I've known for 30 years. Do you know how long I've been in the Lord? You come here. Your church is it? Presbyterian? Is it Anglican? Is it Methodist? Is it Catholic? Is it Redeemed? Is it Assemblies? Is it even Living Faith? What's it? What about the house? What's that? Is it a church? Is it a fellowship? Who's the pastor? How many, how many branches do they have? When did they start? Oh, I see. It's all these new generation churches. Listen, the gospel is old gen. The gospel is first gen. The gospel is only gen. A new place might spring up to teach it, but the gospel is old. We're just returning back to basics. This is what the early church grew on. So we, you can call us new generation people. Yes, new generation people teaching an old time gospel. And the old time gospel is that it's not of works that any man shall boast. That's, that's the old time gospel. It's in scripture. Paul wrote it, not me. So you cannot say it is new generation because I'm teaching it. It is in the Bible. The same Bible you have carried around for 40 years. Just open it. Read it. And see him. And see him. Because it takes a lot of humility and brokenness to hands up and say, man, I got this wrong. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. And some people get so set in their ways that they begin to struggle. How would, how would I be perceived? So now it's my daughter or my son that will not be teaching me the word of God. Ah, sacrilege. Someone that I raised in the Lord. Someone that I took to Sunday school. Deposited in children's church. Because that's exactly what they did to us. 
They didn't took us to, to, to children's church. They deep, because children, when I was growing up, were a distraction to the ministry. A distraction. It just deposit you. And that's even today in our society, we're still treating children as a distraction. It's a crime. It's a crime. It is a crime to be teaching a child now. A is for apple. B is for bag. C is for cat. You have made an idiot out of that child for life. In the 21st century, you are teaching a child. A is for apple. B is for bad. C is for cat. And D is for dog. You have truncated the IQ of that child. It will never rise above that mediocrity. Because we are still treating children as distractions. Let's, let's just keep them be occupied. That's why we, churches will, will have big budgets for conventions. Big budgets for seminars and conferences. For guest speaker, guest ministers, they will not bring one rapper and one comedian to, to entertain the youth. Or give them one night, variety night. Talent hunt, talent night. Jeans and t-shirt night. Featuring drama and dance. And you feel like you're doing them a favor. And Paul is telling Timothy, for from thy youth thou hast known the holy scriptures that are able to make thee wise unto salvation. From thy youth, Paul tells Timothy, from thy youth. They post that as a children's church. And they sit down Sunday school. Workers training. Bible believers foundation class. Holy Ghost, to, to do anything, they went to class. To get the Holy Spirit, they went to class. Yes, 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 to get baptized, they went to class. Yes, to become a tighter, they went to class. Yes, to become a worker, they went to class. Yes, to become a minister, they went to class. Yes, and we can only unlearn that by class. Yes, yes, this is a teaching church. It's only teaching that will undo that nonsense. Yes, in class, after class, after class, after class, until Christ is fully formed in us. If you exhaust the message, you are a suspect. You are. You cannot be tired of hearing the gospel. What do you want to hear? 21 steps to prosper in business. Go to Lagos Business School. It's no difference. We just come to church, do 15 minutes praise worship, and then enter business school. That's, that's what we've been doing. Or 15 minutes, 20 minutes of praise worship, and then terrorist activity. Killing, killing people. Or training them how to kill. It's only guns who have not given the church. It's one of these two. Just sing small, sing small, sing small, sing small. Once we're hyped enough, oh yeah, let's start killing. This is how to kill. This is the scripture you quote to kill. That's how you kill. Oh yeah, open, shoot. That's what we're doing in church. That's why we are under such attack for this. To undo it, we must teach it until you lot grow up knowing it as a default. The same way that generation knows what they know as a default. Because then, do you know when... Somewhere like me, Pav, do you know when I'm going to enjoy the fruit of my labor? When Promises' son is teaching the gospel in his classroom. 
I'm in, I'm in this for a long term. Do you understand what I'm saying? When offers song is teaching the gospel because that's what they grew up into. When we have changed the face of what they call Christianity a generation later. And I'm all old and gray and bald. And I can see the children of the children I raised knowing nothing but the gospel. The same way that our parents know nothing but religion. It is light is in their face like this. They can't see it. Emoji. Moses is red and they can't see. More for Jesus. Moses is red. They can't see. Moses. How much more? Jesus. It's default. So we're in this thing for the long term. Until it's nature. First nature. Only nature. Default nature. Christ in me. The hope of glory. That's the assignment. That we raise a people for word alone is sufficient. We will teach you this gospel. I'm not going anywhere. There's nothing else to teach other than the fullness of the gospel. And all that it unpacks for us, all that it brings us into. Are you glad about that? Yes. Are you glad you're saved? Yes. This, this is a good decade to be saved. Yes. It's a good decade to be a son of God. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.